We started a new series a few weeks ago called Christmas is Not Canceled. I don't know about you guys, but I am tired of things being canceled this year. Am I right? Like, I remember uh, I follow this Christian comedian on Instagram. And uh, like, I know like sometimes churches, we've done it before where we do video announcements. And so he made a video and it was really, really funny where he was like doing video announcements. And so he's like, we have this awesome men's conference that's coming up. We're going to be eating steaks. We're going to be shooting skeet. It's going to be a great time. And it is, it's, can- it's canceled. It's canceled. But hey, you know what? We got, we got youth camp. We got youth camp coming up and I'm super excited about it. And it, it, it's it's canceled too. It's, it's, it's canceled. How many of you guys watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? My wife is, uh, she, she has to watch it. Has to, doesn't matter if we have to drive across the country to go to families. She's watching it on her phone. She's, no matter what, she has to watch it. And so we were thankful that it wasn't canceled this year. But for those of you guys who watched it, it was super weird. Like... Like you were, they were like dancing and it wasn't the right music and they were singing, but they weren't really singing. It was just weird. Now we're hearing about how Mardi Gras might be canceled. And so this is what we wanted to do with this series and this month. We're like, can we stop talking about what's canceled and start talking about what's not canceled this year? And what we want you to know is that Christmas isn't canceled. <laughs> All right? Amen. Christmas isn't canceled. And so week one, we talked about how, uh, we, I believe we talked about what, how peace isn't canceled. And then last week, we talked about how joy isn't canceled. And so this week, I get to share week three with you. So this is what we're going to do. Um, I am used to preaching to teenagers. And so you're going to get a little bit of that to this morning and it's all right. But so we usually, we like playing games at OSC Youth. All right. We like to keep it fun. So let's do this. Have you guys ever heard of the Christmas Carol, Oh Holy Night? Now raise your hand if you've ever heard. Uh, it's one of the most popular ones. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. We'll see if you can remember the lyrics to Oh Holy Night. Okay. So, all right, let's see. So I'll give you guys the first line. Oh, holy night. All right. What, how does the, the second line go? Do you guys know? The stars are bright. There we go. Okay. And then what's the next line? It is the night. There we go. Okay. Y'all are trailing off a little bit. What about the next one? There we go. All right. All right. All right. There, so there is. So it is a hard song to remember the lyrics to. Am I right? Like, like, I was like trying to remember the words, but at the beginning of the chorus, there's a line in this, in this song, and it says, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. I don't know about you guys, but if I look around, talking to people, getting to know people, um, it is very clear that right now we live in a weary world. Am I right? We are tired. We're tired people right now. We are tired of mask mandates. We are tired of hurricanes. We are tired of pandemics. We're tired of elections. We are just tired. Am I right? We are a weary, tired world. And even right now, as you go into stores, go into any kind of retail store, you have songs that's singing to you all day long that it is the most wonderful 
time of the year. The most, and so we, as the most tired people, weary world, going into stores, hearing about how it's the most wonderful time of the year, and here's what the statistics are saying, that 45%, 45, almost half, so half of this room is dreading Christmas this year. Dreading it. Why? Because many of us lost our jobs. We've lost our jobs this year. And so a lot of us aren't being able to afford the Christmas that we're typically having. Am I right? We're not affording presents um, like we typically do or the trip that we typically go on. That we know that when the stay-at-home order was put into place, um, a spousal abuse went through the roof. Absolutely through the roof. Which means that divorce rates skyrocketed as well. And so for a lot of us, this Christmas season means a painful divorce, a reminder of a painful divorce. Whether due to COVID or not COVID, many of us have lost loved ones this year, and it's causing us to dread Christmas. We're dreading it. We're dreading because what it does is we're supposed to, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but in actuality, all it is is a reminder of how bad our life is is going. That we are weary, tired people. And so, what this, uh, this Christmas carol is saying, it's saying a thrill of hope brings a, a uh, weary world rejoices. So what we need as a people, what we need as a culture, what we need as a nation, what we need as a church, what we need as a community is this. We need hope. We need hope. And here's what I want you to know this morning. You guys ready for this? Hope is not canceled. Hope is not canceled this year. Everything might be canceled, but this year hope isn't canceled. And so what I want to do is I want to unpack what that means for us and the kinds of hope that there is. But before I do that, I need to clarify what hope, before I can talk about what hope is, I think we need to clarify what hope isn't. Because there's a big misconception that happens when it comes to hope. What hope isn't is it's not optimism. Hope is not optimism. Optimism says Things are going good. Things are going great. When you walk in here, you're being optimistic, saying, hey, how's how's everything going? Oh, it's going great. Everything's going good. That's optimism. There's nothing wrong with optimism, but that's not hope. It's not. Watch what, uh, there was a general, American general that was in uh, in the Vietnam War. His name was Jim Stockdale. And Jim Stockdale was imprisoned in the Vietnam War, captive and imprisoned for seven years. This dude was beaten and tortured for seven years. Seven long years. And this is what this guy quotes. This is a quote from him. It says this. It says, The first people to die in captivity were the optimists, who kept thinking things would get better quickly and they'd be released. They died of a broken heart. The key to survival is this, is you must combine what? Realism and hope. You must combine realism and hope. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose. 
with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. See, optimism says things are going great. Things aren't bad when in actuality they're probably going terrible. Our situations are terrible. The, the pain we find ourselves in, excruciating. But we can be optimistic about it and say, hey, it's not that bad. Here's what hope says. Hope says, you know what? Things are going bad, but I still believe. I still believe in a God. I still believe in a hope that is unwavering and unshakable. That there's a difference between optimism and, and hope because optimism denies reality and hope embraces it. Hope embraces it. And so we need to learn the different kinds of level of hope. Because there's, there's three different kinds of levels of hope that I want to talk to you guys about tonight. And the first, the first kind of level or kind of hope is wishful hope. Wishful hope. So this is wishful hope is probably the most commonly used um, type or way we use the word hope. This is the, I hope I win the lottery, right? Or uh, I hope I don't, uh, I hope this light turns green. Or I hope I get a good parking spot. I hope the saints win. Or I hope it doesn't rain today. It's, it's, it's that type of hope. It's, all it is is wishful thinking, right? That, that there's no ground in the hope, that there's no like kind of reality, there's no control over that kind of hope. And so what we find ourselves is just like, yeah, I just hope I win the lottery, that would be great, but if, if it doesn't happen, then it was just wishful thinking in the first place. The problem with this is that we use this, like I said, this is the type of hope we use that word hope the most with. It's just wishful, it's just wishful thinking. Taking it a step further... We have expectant hope. Expectant hope. Expectant hope is good um, for the most part. We, 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 are, we are okay with expected hope. Expected hope looks like this, is planting a seed in your garden for a tomato plant and nurturing it, and watering it, and giving it all its nutrients, taking care of it. And expecting, having that expected hope that it's going to grow and it's going to flourish and it's going to produce tomatoes, right? Or expected hope could be for a pregnant woman that is expecting. You can have expected hope that a baby is growing inside of you, right? That you're going to have a kid because you're pregnant. Those are, that's expected hope. It's hope that you're expecting because you've, you, you, something happened that caused you to, get, to have that hope. Here's the problem with expectant hope, though. How many of you guys started gardens in quarantine, started gardens. My wife got really good with, with uh, her garden in the backyard. And so what we learned this year is she can spend some, a lot of time in the garden, but hurricanes still happen, and uh, freezes at the beginning of December still happen, and unexpectedly uh, lose a lot of the plants in the garden. Or miscarriages happen. And so the problem with this kind of hope is what happens when it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. 
Watch what uh, Proverbs 13, 12 says. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So this idea with expected hope, it's what happens is, is you put your hope in this. You put your hope in that job. You put your hope in, in that pregnancy. You put your hope in that garden, whatever it is. And when it gets removed from you, when, uh, when the outcome isn't what you expected, it causes your hope to be deferred. And you lose it. It makes your heart sick, like this Proverbs is saying. I think this is the biggest problem in our culture right now because we had so much, I know I did, so much expected hope going into 2020. Am I right? Like, oh, this, oh, 2020, it's a new, it's a new decade. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be good. And then everything crashed and burned. <laughs> and then we had expected hope that everything was going to be better and everything was going to get better quick. And in a lot of ways, it got worse. <laughs> That we had expected hope that no one in our family was going to get COVID. And then, boom, everyone in our family gets COVID. And so our hope gets deterred, deferred. And it it makes our heart sick. We need a hope that death can't touch. We need a hope that is unshakable. We need a hope that the trials and the pains of life does not affect. We need anchored hope. We need anchored hope. Watch what Hebrews 6.18 says. It says this. It says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are, are what? Unchangeable. Because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. The hope is strong and trustworthy anchor to our souls. Strong trustworthy anchor to our souls. We need a hope that is strong, something that will stand the test of time, something that nothing in this life will will come against. We need something that's trustworthy, something that's dependable. We need anchored hope. And this is so crucial, this is so crucial because it keeps us from doing a few things. When we have anchored hope, it allows us to have some freedoms and it allows us to stay where we're at. You know, me and uh, my family, my grandparents bought, uh, when I was in high school, a camp in Toledo Bend. So we loved the camp in Toledo Bend. Uh, We were always going up there, not as much as we'd like to, which is why they sold it. But one year, we decided we were going to go. We didn't have a boat. Who goes to Toledo Bend without a boat? I don't know. We did. And so we decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Walmart, and we're going to all chip in, and we're going to get this big, huge float. Like one of those big, huge floats, and we're going we're gonna to go out, and we're going to paddle out into the kind of, like, so basically, there was the lake, and then there was, my grandparents had like a little in-cove kind of thing. And so we're going to paddle out in the middle of that, and we're going to chill, and we're going to talk, and we're going to have a good time, and uh, sunbathe, and all of that kind of stuff. Guess what kept happening? (laughs) We kept drifting back to the pier. 
Every time a boat would pass, every time, like, it didn't even matter if a boat would pass. We kept, we would find ourselves drifting back. And we're like, this is sucks. It's like, we could have just hung out on the pier. But you know what we decided to do is we went and we dug through my grandpa's, like, little shed and we found an anchor. And so we went out in the middle and we anchored down so we wouldn't drift back to the pier. Here's what you need to know about anchored hope. It keeps you from drifting. It keeps you from drifting. It's easy to drift right now. It's easy. This is, I see it. I see it in the church, right? Like, like I, I, as leadership in a church, we're having conversations. How can we go? We need to go and get the people that were here before COVID. We have to go and we have to go to them. Why do we have to go to them? Because they drifted. They drifted. And what you don't realize is when you have anchored hope, and when you don't have anchored hope, it causes you to drift back where, to where you were before. And so you find yourself back to where you were before. You find yourself drifting way quicker than you realize. See, that's the problem with our culture right now is it's causing us to drift drift so quick that if we don't have our anchor down stuck into the ground we are drifting before we even realize it because the world is constantly drifting away from God and the enemy the enemy wants you to not be anchored watch what job 8:13 says it says those who forget God have no hope. No hope. This is so crucial. Because when we're not anchored, we don't have anchored hope. We drift. And we find ourselves anchoring to the wrong things. How many of you guys are fishermen and you, and you anchor down and you thought you anchored to the ground, but you actually anchored to something else? And then you find yourself drifting. Here's the problem as we find ourselves anchored to the wrong things. We find ourselves anchored to the wrong people. We find ourselves anchored to the wrong places. We find ourselves anchored to the wrong situations. We find ourselves anchored to our possessions. Even if they're ripped from us in hurricanes, we find ourselves anchored to our jobs. Even when they're ripped from us in pandemics, we find ourselves anchored to presidents. We find ourselves anchored to vaccines. We find ourselves anchored to the stock market. We find ourselves anchored to the wrong stuff. And we drift. Here's the truth. The further away from God you are, the less hope you have. The less hope you have. The, clo- the, the people in this world that has the most hope are some of the ones that are the closest to God. The closest to God. But if we're not anchored in God, if we're not anchored to the right source, we will drift and drift without realizing it. Because the world is drifting. Culture is drifting. Completely away from God. Watch what Pastor Rick Warren says about what happens when a culture drifts. It says, wealth, he says this, he says, wealth is idolized, truth is minimized, life is trivialized, abortion is legalized, television is vulgarized, 
Advertising is sexualized. Our conscience is desensitized. Education is secularized. Race is polarized. Sports is scandalized. Morals are liberalized. Crime is sensationalized. Immorality is popularized. Drugs are legalized. Courts are paralyzed. The breakup of family is rationalized. Sin is glamorized. Christians are demonized. And God is marginalized. God is marginalized. Why do I see in our church today so many people putting God as marginalized? Because we're anchored to the wrong thing and we're drifting with culture. That we're starting to get into all of these things that Pastor Rick Warren was saying. That we're anchored and we're drifting. We're drifting towards immorality. We're drifting to our sins. I know I'm not the only one who's finding myself going backwards this year than forward in my spirituality. It's because we're not anchored to hope in Jesus. You know, anchored hope doesn't just keep us from drifting. Anchored hope also keeps us from sinking. It keeps us from sinking. Watch what Psalms 42 says. It says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. If you are at a place where you are not, um, where you are going backwards, where you are drifting, the psalmist is saying it's not too late. But the problem is, is we find ourselves asking so many different questions that 2020 has been filled with question marks, with all kinds of questions. Like, are, are you contagious? <laughs> are you healed? Are you good? Do you, wear, do you need to wear a mask? Do I need to wear a mask? Uh, are we really going to make it? Is, uh, is this pandemic ever going to be over? Maybe it's, is God really forgiving me? Is my marriage really going to work out? Is God against me or is he for me? Those are the questions we're finding ourselves answering this year. And if we want to not sink into depression, into anxiety, into despair, and into fear. We need to have anchored hope. And we need to remind ourselves, when I start slipping into that, when I start sinking, I have to remind myself that of the truth of who God is and not how I feel what God is. Am I right? And so what this looks like is I could start asking all these questions. Is this? Is God for me? Is he against me? Is all these things? And then I have to remember that God is not a God of question marks. God is a God of exclamation points. And and I have to remind myself of the scriptures that say, you know what? If God is for me, nothing can stand against me. That God is a God of love and not of despair or depression. That God wants us to, to live a life that is devoted to him and he loves us and he cares about us enough to give us an anchor if there's if there's a sermon for you to preach to yourself this week it could be three words 
hope in God. God heals you. He will never forsake you. He is for you. For you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Those are the things. Hope in God. That's what we tell ourselves. And so here's my question for you this morning. What are you anchored to? Are you anchored? Do you have that expectant hope? Are you anchored to jobs? Are you anchored to situations? Are you going to choose to be anchored to God? A God that is unshakable, unmovable, that, that is no, not going anywhere, that is trustworthy, that is solid and dependable. That Jesus is hope. And when we have hope, even in the midst of suffering, we can push through. That when we, we have an anchor for our souls, that I have an anchor for my soul and you have an anchor for your soul. We have an anchor that is unmovable. The question is, do you have, what, is your, what are you anchored to? What are you anchored to? Because here's the truth. If you're looking for something to change, if you're looking for uh, situations to change, whatever it might be, for, in order for you to have hope, here's the truth. You're anchored to the wrong thing. You're anchored to the wrong thing. But when you have the ability to face the facts of your situation, know that it sucks, <laughs> Know that things may not be going your way. Know that at any point, things can be ripped from you. Hurricane can come and wipe out your house. Pandemics can come and cause you to lose your job. But you know that God is good. And you anchor yourself to that. Then that is how you live your life. If it's based off of everything else, you're anchored to the wrong thing. You're anchored to the wrong thing. Watch what Romans 15, 13 says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. There's someone in here that needs to hear this. Don't lose hope. Don't quit. Don't give up. And I know this week you may have felt like you needed to give up. That maybe this week you needed to quit. Here's what you need to hear. Don't do it. Don't give up. All you have to do is pick up your anchor and anchor to the right thing. That's all you have to do. And here's the truth is you could do it this morning. You could do it right now. All it takes is a choice for you to not anchor in those things and anchor into the right hope. We are living in a weary, tired, broken world right now. And we need a thrill of hope that will cause us to rejoice. Just like O Holy Night says, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. So do we want to go into Christmas this week dreading it because of our situations? 
Or do we want to go into it with hope? A weary world rejoices in the face of hope. Not another job. Not your situations getting better in the face of hope. Jesus is our living hope. He is. It's what this whole season is about. It's about the, the fact that Jesus, like Ryan said earlier, came and humbled himself as a baby and rose and grew and lived the life that we lived with the per- hurt and pain. He cried. He went through situations. He felt betrayed. Jesus is our hope. He's our everlasting hope. He's what we can anchor our lives to. And so with every head bow and eye closed this morning, if that's you, if you're like, oh, man, I just anchored, I've just anchored myself to the wrong hope. And maybe I was anchored to the right hope before, but this year it just caused me to unanchor. And now I'm anchored to the wrong things and I find myself drifting. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Okay. Maybe you're in here and you don't even know who Jesus is. And you're just kind of hearing about this for the first time. And you're saying, you know what? I want to give my life to that. There's, there's something about this. I actually had never felt hope before. Never felt hope in my life. But I, I want to try this Jesus thing. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, if you want to give your life to the Lord this morning, devote your life to Him, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Okay. I want to pray for you. Pray for you this morning. God, I pray. that in the midst of a hopeless world, a hopeless culture, we can so quick find ourselves lacking hope. Drifting, drifting away from you, drifting away from the things you've called us to, the goals we have in life. Drifting away from our callings. Drifting away from our families. God, I pray that you help us in that. Turn our hearts to you this morning. Turn our minds to you this morning. Help us to, as as heavy as that anchor might feel, help us to pick it up so we can anchor to you. So we can anchor to you this morning. I pray for everyone in here who is dreading going into this Christmas holiday. they're feeling broken and they're hurting God I pray that you give them your peace I pray you give them your joy and I pray you give them your hope I know it's hard and I know sometimes it sucks but if we look to you everything else makes sense I pray these things in Jesus name Amen Amen